What's up, everyone? It's your favorite marketer and podcast host. My name is Prit. I am the author of Zero to Four Figures, a podcaster, YouTuber, Etsy shop owner, and a Skillshare teacher. All the links are in the description box below if you would like to check it out. On this podcast, I shuffle between giving solo podcast episodes and bringing in experts to give you actionable steps on various marketing, business, and mindset strategies to help you grow the business you love. In today's solo podcast episode, I'll be giving you five cold emailing tips. Now, of course, before we get into the five tips that I do have for you, let's talk a little bit about what exactly is cold emailing and why it might actually be helpful for your business, okay? So now cold emailing is basically, well, (laughs) lack of other words is the opposite of warm emailing. Warm emailing means that there is some sort of prior contact between you and the person that you're emailing about. Either you've met them in person or you've probably interacted with them uh, in a different space beforehand and then you send them the email. So the person on the other end, the receiver, they already know who you are and in some way or form probably are expecting you to reach out to them. So those are warm emails. Now cold emails are kind of emails where you have not established a prior contact with them. It is absolutely cold. Okay, so they do not know who you are. They're not expecting an email from you or anyone like you. And not just that, it is harder to capture their attention because, well, you're not even on their radar. Okay, so because of all of these things, cold emailing is definitely a bit harder when it comes to establishing that contact and we call it nurturing in marketing. So because your contact is not nurtured enough, or they're not nurtured at all to begin with, it's just harder to capture their attention, it's harder to communicate what you want to say, and it is also harder to get them to take action towards you or your business, all right? So in this podcast episode, we're going to go over five tips that I do have for you so that you can maximize capturing their attention. Okay, are you ready? Let's get into today's podcast episode. So first off, okay, before I get into the five tips that I do have for you, I want to put out a disclaimer that cold emailing is not spam. All right. I also do want you to take the time and check out anti-spam laws in your respective countries. That is super, super important. Now, the fundamental difference between cold emailing and spam is that cold emails actually add value to the receiver. So, for example, you are sending out a cold email offering your services to help your receiver with whatever potential problems that they may be facing in their business. So that is adding value to the receiver. Again, I just want to reiterate, please do check out anti-spam laws in your respective countries and make sure that you adhere to that. Okay, so that's the fundamental difference between cold emailing and spam. Cold emailing, legal. Spam, not legal. Let me make that very clear, okay guys? All right, let's get into the tips. Number one, you've got to learn how to personalize it. This is probably the biggest mistake I see when it comes to cold emailing. What most people do is that they have a general template 
And there's nothing wrong with the template. Let me get to that in a little bit. But they have a general template and they just send the same content to every single person out there. While it does reduce the time investment and you feel that you can send more emails within a given span of time, what it actually does is it actually hinders your attention grabbing capabilities. Okay. And what did I say about cold emailing? I did tell you that it's actually really, really hard to capture their attention because they are not nurtured at all. Your receiver has no idea who you are. And honestly, the one question that's on their mind is why should I even care? And when you take the time to personalize it, what you're essentially telling the receiver is, Hey, I've done my research on you. I know exactly who you are. I know your business. I know the problems that you're facing in your business specifically. I know the industry. I know your customers. I know how you think. I know how your business works. I know your business mission, which is why I'm the perfect person to help you find solutions for the pain points that you are having. Okay. So always take the time to research the person that you're cold emailing to. Like I told you before, many people have a template and let me, I guess I would say I do have a template, but there is one section of my template that I leave for customization. Okay. So while templates can be helpful and I don't have anything against it, make sure that your template allows for that personalization. That's super key. Okay. Now a few things that you can go about to personalize it. A few ideas, I guess I would say is maybe you check out a social media post on their business account, or maybe you read a blog that the CEO has written themselves, and then you give your thoughts on it, or you tell them what you liked about the entire post or the blog, or, you know, your thoughts basically. Or if you found the company in some news article, maybe they recently won an award or something, take the time to congratulate them. Okay. What's important is a letting them know that you took the time to research B you are also an independent thinker. You are giving your thoughts to what they have achieved or done or posted. All right. So it also sends a message that you've been following their work. And if you've been following their work, it means there is some basic level of trust that starts to build over there. Okay. So that is number one for you. Make sure you always, always, always personalize the email. Okay. Now let's come to number two. Number two is mentioning the pain point that you think they have. Now it's important to do this because one, if you directly just mention all the list of things that you do and the solutions that you can provide one, they may not even recognize that they have a pain point on hand. Number two is that sometimes even if they do know what pain points they have, they may not be able to connect which pain point of theirs that you can help them with or your skills can help them with. Okay. And the third one is when you, don't mention their pain points. The entire email becomes about you. It becomes you, 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 or rather if you're the one who's reading the email, it becomes I, 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 and that's actually pretty detrimental to their perception of who you are because it's always about the customer. 
okay? It's always going to be about them. It should be about them. And when you talk about the pain points that you recognize, what you're essentially telling them is, hey, I know I understand what you're going through. I know this is a pain point of yours. And also it does speak volumes that you have done your homework, you've done your research, and you know exactly what they're going through. Again, that adds to the trust factor. Okay, so number two was mentioned the pain point that you think they have. Now, number three is talking about the solution that you are providing for that pain point. And not just the solution, you can talk a little bit about the transformation that you're gonna bring about and the benefits of hiring you or working with you to solve that pain point. So it's important for you to talk about how you will be helping them at this point, okay? Now, number four is keep it as simple as possible, okay? I've received a couple of cold emails where the person on the other end, they use such complicated words in their industry jargon. I mean, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. They kind of want to seem like they know their industry and they know exactly what they're talking about. But when you use industry jargon, the receiver may or may not understand what exactly you're saying. There are so many emails that I've just discarded um, as the receiver because one, I really didn't understand the point that they were trying to make. And maybe if that kept it in simpler terms, I might have been interested, you know? So it's important for you to keep it as simple as possible. Try to refrain from using your industry language. And this is something that I have said countless number of times, countless, write the way your audience speaks. Okay, that is very, very important. If you take a look at every single piece of content that works so, so well, you will realize that the company has actually taken the time to understand how their customer thinks, how their customer speaks, how their customer writes, how their customer talks, and they've used it in their marketing language. Okay, so that's actually a very key skill. So every time you're looking at your cold email, I want you to take the time and first cancel out every single industry jargon out there, replace it with simple words instead. Okay, number two, I want you to take the time and make sure that it is simple and concise. If it is too long, again, you can't really retain their attention. I mean, we do live in a very attention deficit world, not just that, the people who you will be emailing, ideally, they don't have much time, you know, especially they don't have time for people they do not know. That's important. Once they get to know you, they will be able to dedicate that time to you. Well, most likely. But until you get to that point, you've got to keep in mind that you're basically not someone that they can prioritize or they've not recognized that they should prioritize you, okay? And I know that's a little bit of a harsh truth, but that's the point, I guess, about cold emailing. You know, you're going cold. And it's a little harsh, but that's basically the whole concept of cold emailing, right, guys? So just want you to understand that until you get to a point where your audience is nurtured, it's probably going to be helpful for you to keep it as short as possible, as simple as possible. Probably one or two sentences 
uh, for every single point that I've mentioned and not very long sentences either, okay? Keep them really, really short and write the way that your audience speaks. Number five is the subject line. Now that is the first thing that they're gonna see when they open uh, their email inbox, right? And ideally they will see your name and then they'll be like, okay, I don't know who this person is. And then they will see your subject line and you have got to make sure that your subject line piques their interest. Now, wait, let me tell you something. One of the biggest mistakes that I do see is a lot of people think that cold emailing is marketing emailing. And what they essentially do is they put a, a subject line that in their opinion, I guess I would say, is more of a clickbait nature. Very, very, very wrong step. Okay, I wanna reiterate this. That is a very, very, very wrong step because one, that person does not even know who you are. If you're clickbaiting them, it's going to piss them off. I'm sorry, but that's just the reality of it. Okay, so when you are writing your subject line for cold emailing, let me be very clear. For cold emailing, essentially, you want to keep it simple and to the point. Okay, because when they see the subject line, they need to know exactly what that email is going to be or they're not even going to open it or click to open it, okay? Now, it helps to mention their pain point. And I will give you two examples that have worked so well for me when it comes to cold emails, okay? I have sent so many cold emails in my entire career. I can't even begin to tell you. It's it's in probably closer to three to four digits, to be honest. Okay, the one that has the highest open rate for me are these two, okay? The first one, how to fix dash, okay? That's one way that really works and the dash is their pain point. So you're mentioning their pain point and the minute they see their pain point in their inbox, it captures their attention and that's exactly what you want to do. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is mention their pain point. Okay, so are you struggling with dash? Question mark. I can help, full stop. So simple, guys. I can't even begin to tell you how these two titles for my subject, oh, so, so good, okay? Because one, it lets them know that I'm not pranking around, I'm not going to waste their time, I'm not going to beat around the bush, I am absolutely concise, I know exactly why I've written this email to them, I know that this email will bring value to them and I'm communicating that in the subject line. So, so powerful, these two. Highly recommend these two examples, okay? I'm gonna repeat them. How to fix dash, and your dash would be the pain point, or the second example that I do have for you is, are you struggling with dash and mention the pain point, question mark. I can help, full stop. Simple, easy, to the point, and let me add, impactful, okay? Now, a couple more small tips that I do have for you is that because I said that, you know, you've got to keep it short and concise, a lot of people have come to me and asked me, well, Prit, uh, you tell me that I've got to add like testimonials and reviews and all of that. Where do I put those? I mean, if I go on adding those because those help me with, you know, establishing myself as an authority or as an industry leader, then the email gets pretty long. And here's what I got to say for that, okay? For your testimonials and your reviews, Ideally, keep them after you've signed off, okay? Put it as a postscript, 
write down maybe one or two lined testimonials. That's pretty much it, okay? But keep it after you've signed off. So when people look at your email visually, they only see the first half of your message and for them, it looks short and concise. And of course, curiosity's sake, they're going to scroll down, right? And they will see those testimonials and reviews. It's not going to be a part of the message. It's going to be just some additional information in case they need it. That's the difference. When you put your testimonial in the main message, again, you're making the message about you and we do not want to do that. We want to make the message about them. However, testimonials and reviews are super, super important because like I said, it makes you, I guess I would say it adds that layer of confidence that they can have about you and your services. Okay, so put them after you've signed off. Now, I also do want to mention, don't forget to add links in your sign off page couple of mistakes that I personally do see people doing is they put their links in the message itself. They say, if you want to check out who I am, then this is my social media pages. And then they give the links. That's absolutely wrong. Put your links in your sign off. So you're going to say, well, for me, it's going to be pretty mother And then I'm the CEO of the marketing nomad LLC. And then I usually put a line and then I say YouTuber. I put a link to my YouTube page. I put a podcaster and then I put a, a link to my podcast page and, and so on and so forth. So my links are in my sign off. They're not in my main message, but if they are interested to know more about me, they've got the links right there in the email as well. Okay. And then the last tiny tip that I do have for you is do not add any attachments one, they're not going to open it because it's just not safe for them. Number two, whatever message that you wish to communicate, it has to be within the message that you are posting. If you add any attachments, it just signifies that you do not know how to articulate your thoughts in a concise manner. Okay, so those are a few things that I do have for you. And that officially brings me to the end of this podcast episode, cold emailing. It is a bit hard. I do understand that because on the other end, your receiver has no idea who you are. But in my experience, if done right, okay, and if done in a legal way, it can actually help your business grow. All right. So thank you so much for listening all the way up until here. If you'd like a copy of my book, Zero to Four Figures, I'm going to put that in the description box below. It's basically a compilation of 61 stories and lessons from the first three years of my entrepreneurial journey. And it covers topics like self-love, business strategy, marketing, success mindset, growth mindset, etc. Okay, I would also love to connect with you on my various platforms. So on Instagram, I'm at The Marketing Nomad. On LinkedIn, I'm Prithvi Madhukar. I'm going to put all of those links in the description box below. And on Skillshare, I actually do have courses for entrepreneurs, business owners. You might want to check that out. I am Prithvi Madhukar on Skillshare as well. And then Etsy Shop, it basically has digital products for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and business owners. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Comment over, say hi to me. Tell me one thing that you liked about this podcast episode. And I would love to connect with you on any and all of my social media platforms. I will catch you in my next podcast episode. Bye-bye.